Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto Ulce Host. Thank you for kind of being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Yes, Bridge MCP, Sima Bolts, the Republican Party. LOL, thought she was a Republican, you say. LOL, now independent. Ha! She's just up for the biggest purchaser. Whoever can pay her bills, whoever can buy her, that's who she is. Let's make no mistake about it. That's the only reason she, because this woman who started out in the Green Party, this is a super, super uh, progressive woman. This is a woman who said when she dated, uh, she dated, uh, what's his name? Uh, that guy that has a talk show. And he said when he, knew, when he was dating her, she was one of the most progressive people out there. Now she got bought by the corporations. Welcome aboard Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard May Wood. Welcome aboard British MCP. Welcome aboard uh, Michael Rodnan, who says, listening from away before I head out for a little while. Well, good. I'm glad that you at least gave us a little bit of your time. Eric Hayes says the independent numbers go up joining Bernie as cinema put a wrench in it. No, she didn't understand how the Senate works. She will remain caucusing with the Democrats because she will ensure that the Democrats have the majority on committees instead of keeping it awash. So while we don't like what cinema is doing, uh, she's doing it for political reasons, and she's she understands that there's no place in the Dem in the Republican Party for her, and she also understands that she's going to be challenged as a Democrat. So she is in no no person's land. The only difference is she's well funded, so she doesn't care. Melanie Keelan is in the house. She says hi, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? <clears throat> A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, Melanie. How are you doing, my beautiful lady from the uh, Barcelona, Spain. Uh, Barcelona, Spain. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Don't forget, folks, to give us those likes on Facebook. Give us those likes on YouTube. And go ahead and if you are, if you are so kind, join our PDR posse. Daniel Ledo is in the house. Nope. As an independent, the DNC has no money hold on her. No, what you mean is she has no money hold on the DNC because she got a lot of money from the DSCC. Now she gets zero, but it doesn't matter because she is fully funded by the corporatocracy, which means she'll have a lot of money. But when Gallegos go against her or Ruben, I think it's Ruben Gallegos going to go against her. I expect Ruben Gallegos to win in a three-way race. If it's a two-way race between she and Ruben Gallegos, uh, I think it'll be a, it would be like a Republican running if she decides to do it just a two-way race. So we'll see. Uh, Eric has seen on Tucker Carlson tonight. All right. Eric Hayes says, running in here is some factual reason. Uh, poor thing. All right. Anyhow, we got a lot of videos to show you today. Of course, I had not previously queued them up. So as we speak here, I will be queuing it up. Yesterday, I told you guys that I was going to have a talk with Brad Wolf. And I did find Brad Wolf. We got uh, communicating and we got two interviews out of it. What I'll do, I had, uh, we did, I did it as one interview and then as two interviews. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to play, uh, because of time, 
I am going to play the interview where we discuss the Paul memo, like I told you I would yesterday. So I'm going to cue the Paul memo document. I'm also going to cue what we did for cinema when she became a turncoat. So let me find cinema's video and we will also do cinema's video. I tell you what, let me go ahead and start with cinema and then we'll go into the other one. So let's go ahead and start with cinema. Well, cinema, the thorn in our side, she did it again. She decided to switch from democratic to independent. What does that really mean for the Democratic Party? From a voting perspective, no significa nada. We only need one more favor from cinema, and that is on committees to ensure that she votes with the Democrats so that we have the majority on the committees. If she chooses not to do that, she will be removed from, or she should be and likely would be removed from every single committee, which means she will be a, would be a senator just sitting there with no real value. As we know, committees is where all the actions occur. Now that said, I don't know that this is a bad thing. I think this is a good thing for Democrats to understand one important factor here. And that is you try to create some mythical center where nobody, it, nobody knows where you stand, where the, where the country really isn't. And you get senators like Cinema and Manchin. Some would say, well, they're representative of their states. That's not true. Look at the second senator from, uh, from Arizona. He is a reliable Democrat that is doing reliably well for its people, uh, getting his votes from the same pool. And he doesn't behave like Cinema does, which is nothing more than a corporate hack paid for and delivered by corporations, Christine, Kirsten Cinema. So folks, while it's a, a, a you know, I, I want to give her rationale. Check this out because the false equivalence reigns. She says, every day Americans are increasingly left behind by national parties, rigid partisanship, which has hardened in recent years. Pressures in both parties pull leaders to the edges, allowing the loudest, most extreme voices to determine their respective parties' priorities and expecting the rest of us to fall in line. In catering to the fringes, neither party has demonstrated such much tolerance for diversity of thought. Bipartisan compromise is seen as rarely accepted last resort rather than the best way to achieve lasting progress. Payback against the opposition party replaced thoughtful legislation. You see the false equivalence there? The people who have constantly been against against and negative and not wanting to move things forward have consistently been Republicans. The, for all practical purposes, progressive policies never really get through as they should. Let's just look at Build Back Better. When they decided to split the bills into the social, uh, the social infrastructure and the hardware infrastructure. Of course, the hardware infrastructure is where all the super uh, corporatists make their money. 
It was easy to separate them and then get bipartisanship. But the progressives wanted a bit more, a bit more to support not only progressive, but the entire country. And we couldn't get it. And who was the stumbling block? Cinema and mansion. So is there a lot that's going to be changed? No, not at all. But it should give us the impetus to go out there and really elect progressives. I'm not talking about just somebody who puts a D behind their name because it was clear she put a D behind her her name so that she would be an infiltrator into the Democratic Party so that in that respect, she could sabotage the policies that are good for the American people and the policy and, and make sure to only have corporate centric policies, policies that work well for the corporatocracy. So is this a loss? If we just get her votes for committee, uh, as far as taking the majority on committees and also making sure that she supports Biden's uh, judges, that'll be fine. She gets to keep her committees for that trade, right? Keep her committees for that trade. But other than that, a cinema, yes, continues to be. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Whose cinema has become a corporate hack uh, with a false sense of uh, importance. And the reality is she isn't. She is still important to get some of our jobs done. But... Uh, Gallego, we're waiting on you. Cinema, be gone. And for all the other areas where Democrats are running, we must win them. And we must open our stride to pick up senators in places we would have never thought possible with a progressive agenda that makes people understand that we are going to be there for them. Absolutamente so. Absolutely so. Daniel Edo says, does Egberto understand how Washington works? Yes, I do. Uh, the parties keep their legislators in line by threatening to withhold campaign funds. Uh, I think you're dating yourself, Ledo. If you take a look at somebody like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she does not need any support from the from the party. She has her own infrastructure for raising funds on, on YouTube and everywhere else in such a manner that she is completely independent from the corporatocracy. So they don't give her money. She doesn't care. The cinema, the only reason cinema jumped to the independence as well is that her, her corporate dollars were so large that getting a, a measly few pennies or so from the DSCC meant absolutely nothing. They were willing to pay her more than she would get in having a, a, a primary fight 
etc. Now, as far as committees are concerned, that is where the party has power or holding power. The only reason that Cinema likely didn't jump ship altogether was because she wants to be on a committee because that is where the main action on the floor, uh, the main action is in both House and Senate committees. That's the reason why she didn't just jump ship and say to hell with you Democrats, because that is where the action is and that is where the party has power. Now, with regards to, uh, to our beautiful Bridge MCP saying, uh, I think she said something about committees. I read it and then I forgot it. Let's see. Uh, Bridge says, it goes, I can't find it right now. But anyhow, anyhow, anyhow. And Melanie Keelan seems to be correcting uh, appropriately El Señor Eric Hayes by saying it is punto final, not punto finale. <laughs> Love you, girl. You be cool. Uh, no power in the house, so set ready for investigation time in 1323. Um, actually, they do have power in the house because the guy who is going to lead the house is going to be a puppet of the right wing. And there are a lot of Republicans, or good Republicans, want to have nothing to do with, with, with the right wing people that are acting as if they're out of their minds. Out of their minds. Uh, let's see what else. We, I'm ashamed to say I forgot all about the early radio show. No problem, May. Would I, at least I get to see you now, May. You know I love you, May. You're here now. Bridge MCP says cinema bolts from LOL. I read that one already. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, Michael Rodney says cinema is a corrupted, fallen, progressive. Exactly right. That proves that anybody can fall, Michael Rodney. Uh, Eric Hayes says Rodney here is some factual reasons. Oh boy, he, he's giving you that that book up, that right wing book, sir. Uh, Daniel Little said, "Nope, as an independent, the DNC has no money hold on her. The DNC didn't need to have money hold on her because she was already in the pockets of the plutocracy." All right, we got uh, what else we got here? Mula for cinema, punta finale. <laughs> I think uh, our 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 beautiful uh, Melanie Keelan already corrected that. Brad Wolf, Brad Wolf, executive director and co-founder of, yes, that's who he is. And he writes for a lot of publications. Michael Rudnan says, Eric Hayes, if you want to show me a fact check of a reputable agency, go right ahead. But if you expect me to read some random book on topic, I don't really care about that, nor should you. Uh, Daniel Rose, I got that one already. Breach says, Egberto, does an MTG not sit on a committee? She does not sit on a committee. She was kicked off. She will be on a committee. That's a deal that she made in case they can get uh, Mac, uh, Mac, uh, uh, Kevin Mac, Mac, whatever. What, that they can get Kevin Mac elect, I mean, if they can elect him Speaker of the House. Why can't I never remember Kevin's names? Probably because he's such a terrible person. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy. All right, Eric Hayes, bring balance to radical Democrats. Democrats are radical? Hmm, wow. I didn't realize the Democrats are radical. Eric Hayes says, behave? Hmm, sound like gaslighting. Really? Wow. I don't do that at all. All right, let's see what it is. Egberto Willis, don't you have a video of her? No, I don't have a video of cinema right now, but I do have a video. You know what video I have of cinema, though? Let me see if I can find it. I have a video of cinema uh, after, the, after she defeated uh, something. Let's see if I still have that. I used to, CRT. It looks like I got rid of it. I really, it looks like I got rid of it. Let's see, CRT, my stream. 
I'm sorry, my dear lady. I got rid of that video. I did have one of Cinema shaking hands after she defeated a bill, a Democratic bill, but I don't have it right now. Okay. Michael, to, uh, to Daniel, who's the real radicals? Take a look at the left versus right and what issues matter. Left infrastructure, investment, and tangible improvements to the people's lives. Far right, culture war, nonsense, whatever, hate of the day, and trolling the lives. You got that right. Okay, let's see. Bree says it goes. Peggy Lopez got real. Uh, get real. Let's see. What, uh, get a real free today. Treat today. First time in 30-year-old. Wow. Uh, so you got a real tree. Wow. Okay. I haven't seen a real tree in years, man. Bree says, Michael Rudden, Daniel, who is the real radicals? I got that one read already. Uh, Daniel Ado says, FBI has been colluding with social media companies to sway elections. The radical progressives yawn. It's amazing that the, the FBI considers itself a mostly Republican organization because of this false law and order that uh, Republicans like to promote. But now, somehow, they're the, the enemy. God, guys, make up your mind. Brother uh, Al, uh, Bruce Pollard, I called you earlier because I need, need you to give me a shout about something I want to discuss with you. This might be one of the worst Congress in history. Matt uh, uh, Gates, Matt Gates, Bobir, and MTG. Yep, yep, yep. Taylor Green is going to be a joke. AOC is in ethical trouble. No, she's not. Not even close. They're going to pull her up, look at her dress, the dress that she wore that was a designer dress that she didn't keep, and then they're going to say, okay, I guess there's nothing there because nothing was bought or purchased. But again, you guys are going to try to make something out of it. Be my guest. Fall on your face. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Eric insists on saying punto finale. It's interesting. Uh, let's see. Let's see. The first time, the last time the FBI colluded with social media companies, October 2016, James Comey and the Russia, Russia, Russia nonsense. Man's got a short memory. But worse is when he came out when, uh, and did what again? He went out and tell folks that Hillary Clinton was under investigation. Remember that? All right. Peggy Lopez says, also... South New York, one can be corrupted. SNY, what is SNY? All right, Macaroni, I really have no patience today. I hear you, buddy, but I will always have patience for us all. Every case is run and expand your leftover horizon for once. Uh, Michael says, Egberto, conservatives in the chat always aiming for trolling behavior. Some days like today, they're a real strain. Brother, just chill. My brother, Rudnan, you know your family. You know, sometimes you have that brother and that sister that just gives you a hard time. Just think about it. Egberto Willie's video. What's the video, my dear friend, about the, uh, what's it? Oh, is that, let's see. Let's see if I can actually play that because I can't play everything that you guys put on, right? There are, all, there are things like copyright restrictions that I have to bear with. Oh, a traitor to the working class. I, I played that one. That's how I started the show. That's how I started the show. That's how I started it. It didn't have any pictures of her in it. I should have, but I had to hurry and get it up for Daily Coast. All right, uh, Bruce and uh, Bruce Bruce Powered says law and order. They voted for criminal Trump. Oh, Bruce, you're getting kind of bad, but you're right. Daniel Ledo says there, right there. Egberto has no concern whatsoever that the FBI is corrupt and in bed with the Democrats. Really? Could have fooled me. Egberto just wants to win by all means necessary. Is that what you think? It's not the case, though. 
And Clinton, it Clinton got it right. Deplorable. See? SNY is a typo. Anyone can become corrupted. I don't know how comes I didn't figure that out. I guess my mind is working slowly today. Some days I'd rather flip a chair and leave. No, you stay, you stay, you stay, you engage. You have good people here. And just because I want to appease you, here is what Brother Rudnan just placed in the chat. Socialism never works. No, Norway is socialist and they're doing great. They're not socialists. They're capitalist countries with strong welfare policies. Then let's adopt those policies. No, that's socialism. I love that circular argument. <laughs> that was a very good one, Rodney. I, I, I love that. That's a good one. I think I saw that somewhere, but I, this is the first time that I read it in the proper context. That's a good one. All right, let's go ahead now. What time is it? Uh, 3.23, that would put me at 17 at 40. Uh, let's go ahead and play Brad, and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of our show. Today, we are honored to have the one and only Brad Wolf. He's the executive director and co-founder of Peace Action Network of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a former lawyer, prosecutor, professor, and community college dean. He writes for various publications. And in fact, that is how I found him. Hello, Brad. How are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you doing? I am doing great. Let me tell you, first of all, I am so happy that I found your article on Common Dreams today titled The Powell Memo Revisited. Actually, I've written a whole lot on the Powell Memo before, and I am just surprised that enough people have not seen that this memo, we used to call it the Powell Manifesto earlier on, was not the pathway to our current state. But anyhow, why did you write this article? You know, I, I had read that uh, the memo years ago, and it always bothered me. It, it really started to, to wear on me, just the idea that there was this democratic spirit that was happening in the 1960s where Americans were really taking their constitutional rights seriously and pressing the issue on big business, on government, on a lot of issues. So they were able to end segregation in the South. They were able to end an unjust war in Southeast Asia. They were able to start the environmental movement. They were able to assert consumer rights. And it seemed like just as they were beginning to understand and recognize the power that they had, something came in and stole it. And the, the, the power was reverted to this small oligarchy of people. And uh, as I started recently working on this other project called the War Crimes Tribunal, it started to occur to me that there was a common thread among much of the suffering that goes on in the world, whether it be people concerned with the environment or um, housing insecurity, food insecurity, racism, uh, international justice, peace. All these things were tied somehow together. And it really did come down to this corporate capture of America that occurred in the last 40 to 50 years. And so that's what got me to write the article finally and was able to take some time, put it, you know, pen to paper, get it out there. What I love about your article is, you know, like I said, I've read the entire manifesto, the Paul memo many times. And, uh, you know, it's kind of long, wieldy, et cetera. 
And what you did in just a few, in a few pages or a couple of pages or whatever is isolated all at all the damage that it has done and the infiltration that it took. And, you know, I, I, what I loved about the way you wrote about it is that it's something that anybody could understand. So why don't you give us the bullet points of this great memo written by, interestingly, a Democrat appointed to the Supreme Court by a Republican? That's it's correct. So Lewis Powell was a, uh, a corporate attorney, very powerful corporate attorney, and um, was turned down his first opportunity to be on the Supreme Court. Richard Nixon asked him in 1969 to be on the Supreme Court. He said no, because he was making too much money as a corporate lawyer and didn't want to go sit on the high court, but eventually agreed to do that. And um, representing Big Tobacco and all these other corporations, he thought that Americans were beginning to take their constitutional rights a little too seriously and that this was a threat to big business. And so he decided to write down all of his concerns and send this off to the then director of the United States Chamber of Commerce, who was a close friend of his. And so he listed point by point where he saw all these, quote, attacks coming from. He referred to it as a chorus of criticism. And, you know, to me, a chorus of criticism may cause some sleepless nights or make you a little uncomfortable, but it's not a attempt to bring down the entire free enterprise in America. What Americans were doing were asserting their rights to have governmental oversight on the commodities that they purchase every day, whether they be automobiles, the food that they eat, things of that nature. Um, but business clearly does not like that. And so Powell pointed out, how do we retake power in America, pull it back from the hands of all these other Americans and put it back in our hands, in corporate America's hands? And so he said, academia, first and foremost, is an area where we have to be much more assertive because there are too many, quote, leftist professors working in academia who are poisoning the minds of young people, teaching them to question business, question government, um, question other establishmentary entities. So his idea was we need to seed academia with our professors, conservative professors who are pro-business. And we need to start building a speaker's bureau of pro-business speakers who will go out to these campuses and speak on campus. We need to hire uh, marketing firms to do a much better job marketing uh, a favorable light in our business. At the college campuses, he pointed out, Business puts a lot of money into colleges through research grants. They endow buildings. They endow faculty chairs. He said, let's use that influence to have them turn the narrative away from us and put us in a favorable light. So academia was very big, but he was really concerned about artists, musicians, sort of celebrity people like Ralph Nader, who had gained great notoriety in the 60s as a consumer rights advocate. And he said, we need to have very attractive, and he kept using the word attractive, people and articulate people out there arguing our cause and make us appear just as attractive to uh, the rest of Americans as what he referred to as the left, what I refer to as just basic democracy, but he, he, he characterized it as leftist or communist. Um, he wanted to have a whole army of people going out and promoting that narrative. So it was work the courts, work the politicians, work academia, work television, and then work the news media, which he said obviously is owned by corporations. Let's remind these corporations that their profits are at stake and they better stop running stories on environmental rights, consumer rights, everything else. 
and you know put some stories in there that are pro-business. And lo and behold, it, it all worked. You know, slowly, methodically, they were very effective at doing this. They were patient. They were prescient. And they got the job done to the detriment of all Americans because we all suffer from that now, whether we're dealing with uh, income inequality or, you know, refugee problems or peace in the world, homelessness, all the other issues I mentioned. Um, you can kind of point the, f- the finger back to this memo as what happened. What's interesting, Brad, is that whenever you hear, you know, we are independent media right here. Okay. Whenever you hear something like the media, you you have to beware in the way you listen to news on the media because you know, it can only go so far. If you hear about a bad drug, it can only go that far. If you hear about Tesla has having issues, it can only go that far because they advertise your batteries on, on network TV, on cable TV. And you make, you, you try to make that analogy and people then think you're paranoid. What, what concerns me is we have the, the written template that's been followed. And one would think that there would be more organizations out there. And, and I think that is one of the reasons when I read your article on Common Dreams, because, yes, a lot of folks hear Powell Memo, but it's not hammered into our psyche the way the things that he wanted hammered into our psyche trans trans all these other things are hammered into people's psyche today so um my my uh, there's one thing that i i saw in your article and i said i wonder how come you didn't mention this and that was cato institute and heritage foundation let's expand on that relative to the to the powell memo very big very influential conservative think tanks that he said we need to have think tanks of that kind they were lo and behold funded by corporations and those think tanks put out white papers policy papers that people in government then use and implement it was the heritage foundation that gave donald trump the list of supreme court names to use if he were to be elected president So these conservative think tanks have enormous influence. The Council on Foreign Policy Relations is another big one. Um, These are not government. It almost sounds as if they're governmental institutions. They are not. They are privately funded um, organizations with a particular agenda. And the agenda is to get this neoliberal word out there. And and the Powell Manifesto was really the, the call for neoliberalism as we see it today, which is, you know, lower corporate taxes, deregulation, minimize the rights of consumers and have escalatory war in, in across the globe in order to keep business going. And it's interesting because um, when you speak about um Americans, uh, what happened in the 60s. I always, uh, you are kind of kind. I normally say that as we as a society became more intelligent, we asked the question, why is it that we work so hard for so little to afford some to make so much on our backs? And that is, I have always thought that was the ultimate fear of our plutocracy or oligarchy in that people would start asking that question, wait a minute, the intellect come from us. We have this fallacy that we believe that somehow innovation is somehow equated to, let's say, capitalism or that somehow innovation only occurs in that society. I'm an engineer by trade and nobody had to pay me to think about designing new things. That's what happens with people who are infatuated with the particular discipline that they want. And 
the people on top, in my humble opinion, are the ones that don't innovate, but learn how to do it on the backs of others. Your thoughts on that? I would agree completely. You know, they are people that replicate. They don't innovate. You know, they take ideas that other had, other people have, and, you know, they, they simply replicate them. They market them better. And then they do do it on the backs of workers. You only need to look around at the oligarchs that we have today and the income inequality. And you can see the difference in the CEO salaries and the salary of the average worker. You know, it used to be much closer, but now it's gotten to ridiculous proportions. We're back in a gilded age. And again, this is not by accident. This is by design. This is what conservatives want. This is what business wants. And conservative corporations pay a lot of money to get this. As I pointed out in the article, weapons manufacturers, they have received over $281 million in the last 20 years. That's that's over a quarter of a billion just in their campaign war chest. Now, an additional $1.5 billion was spent in lobbying efforts for these candidates that they selected in order to promote their agenda. So a lot of money is spent in that to be sure that the average American doesn't get a whole lot. And the, the attempt is keep us diverted with a lot of cultural wars, you know, keep mm-hmm. us arguing and pitted against ourselves. So we're consumed with things that... Um, anything that prevent us from looking at what they're doing. So they eat at the banquet table. Everybody else gets the crumbs. And if they can keep us worried and scared and angry enough at each other, they're very happy. That's their goal. They have very good psychologists working for them because they know exactly how to reach our carnality. They know exactly how to meet our fears, etc. Um, my question, well, I'll ask this at the end of the interview because I want to go into another subject that's a passion for you. And that is the tribunals that you guys are, that, that several of you have put together. But before we go into there and closing the subject on the, uh, the Powell memo, um, how, do uh, first of all you did a great job let me just say on common dreams i think i think it's an important article i think what we have to do is get articles like these exploded on the internet and well-written articles articles that make it something not you know not from the high skies but something that people can understand um how else or how can we make sure that this message gets out there in the places that it needs to get out there. You know, I, I think sharing it with friends and family and everybody at, at your workplace is a great way to go and sharing it on social media. But I think it needs to be taken directly to elected officials. You know, I think it needs to go before Regardless of who your official is, I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Our congressman here is a very conservative Republican. Um, I would still very much like to sit down with him, show him this memo, which he's probably never heard of, and let him know this has occurred on the backs of the American people, your constituents. This has done great damage to the vast majority of the constituents in your congressional district. And you know, you need to be aware of this and you need to make changes. So I do think people can organize around a memo like the Powell memo because it's right there before them. And I think it's a great organizing uh, opportunity for people to look at. You're always looking for where's the smoking gun? Well, here's the smoking gun. It's right in front of you. Here's the plan that they followed. It's almost as if, you know, you discovered their their blueprints for war against Americans, uh, you know, against our democracy. And their fear of too much democracy going on in this country uh, is written all over the Powell memo. 
Interestingly, and this is sort of an offside, but I don't think from our inception, we were not created to be a pure democracy. In fact, having two senators per state, in fact, having an electoral college, in fact, uh, having even a Supreme Court, you know, people talk about the three legs of the government, co-equal branches of government. There's no way one can consider nine people on a Supreme Court a co-equal branch to those elected by the people. So the, the, the narrative doesn't match the reality. And I think more Americans, instead of feeling the, the singing the glory, glory, hallelujah, need to talk about the one great thing that was made within that constitution was its ability to evolve. And for us to create that evolving in the Constitution is something that we need. Well, the last question I always ask uh, is, what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? Oh, interesting. Um, well, I think if we could get back to the panel memo, um, the typical question would be, how do we reverse it? Right. How do we how do we get out from under this? Um, because it does seem that the corporate monoliths do seem over overwhelming. And I always try to remind folks that the government and the corporations only have the amount of power that we see to them. Right. We agree exactly. to give them a certain amount of power. And with we if we withdraw that approval, they cannot function. So we need to remind ourselves that we, the masses, have all the power here. And they are terrified of us realizing that. So as we get out and understand and you read the works of, say, Gene Sharp and nonviolence and the wonderful techniques of nonviolence, you'll come to understand just how much power the masses do have. And we're not impotent. We are uh, extremely potent. And I think the 1960s was just a hint of how successful we can be when we set our minds to it. So um, I would encourage people, energize people, give them hope. This can be done. And I hope to see it done in my lifetime. I hope to see a really dramatic change in this country and in the world for the better, um, because I believe it can be done. Brad Wolf, executive director and co-founder of Peace Action Network of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a lawyer, prosecutor, professor in community college. Dean, he writes for various publications. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate the, the show and all the work you do. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed the talk with uh, with with um, Brad Wolf, uh, and also I loved the way he wrote his interpretation of the Powell memo. Uh, it was it was on spot on, and that's why I kept on giving him kudos offline. Like, look, man, you put it in a manner that everybody could understand. And and uh, Bridge, uh, tell Eric something that. That, that is profound. It's one sentence, but it's profound. And the Powell memo indicates exactly something that Bridge says here. Bridge put, wrote, writes, we are speaking about the Powell manifesto and Eric is speaking about Hunter Biden. That Let me tell you how profound that sentence is. If you understand how the Powell manifesto functioned, it was about having people think in a very limited fashion. It was about having people concentrate on all the, ex all the eccentric nonsense instead of concentrating on that which is 
causing you much harm. Now, the Powell Manifesto is also known as a Powell Memo. It's so intricate in the way it, it took away or the way it colluded with the corporations to take away your intellect by infiltrating your schools, your churches, your universities, your media. It did all of that. And when Bridge makes a statement like, we are speaking about the Powell Manifesto and Eric is speaking about Hunter Biden, it shows you the success of that paper in the way it has programmed us, our limited thinking, our inability to look beyond our inability to look through several degrees of separation, several eight, uh, or several degrees. There's another phrase that I use all the time: uh, several degrees of instantiation. You know, that's it. Welcome aboard, Robert Davenport. Great seeing you. Welcome aboard as well, Deborah Moyers. Breach says Egberto Willis. It's a blueprint for exactly what is happening, and Eric proves it right. Exactamente. That is absolutely the truth. Uh, you don't care about censorship either. What does Mr. Powell say on that? We do care about censorship. But again, why would we care about a Biden piece when Biden has very little to do with the government? Now, you go ahead and investigate Brother Biden, the president. Now we can talk. Daniel Edose, I see now that the line progressives want to pack scudders have all decided that the propaganda will be there is not enough justices properly represent the people. The ignorance of malfeasance guess the focus group didn't respond well to court packing. Um, I guess the, you don't realize, Daniel, that you guys packed the court. And in fact, uh, I would love to play a piece and uh, uh, I'm going to see if I can find it because there's a piece that I was looking at, uh, at that just came out on TikTok that everyone should probably see. Let's see if I am able. Oops, let, let's stop that. Come on, come on. Be quiet. There you go. Let's see if I can find it because I think it says a whole lot uh, if I can, if I'm able to find it, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to find it because I, I think it's prescient. I honestly think it's prescient, and I'm going to try my best to come across with it as we speak. But anyhow, um, bear with me, folks, for a little bit as I I am trying to do twenty things at the same time. Uh, put that in here. Fill that out. Check that out. Let's see if it'll allow me to log in to that guy. I got to give it a security code. Bear with me as I find my security code based on my security app. You know, I, I do double entry everything because I, it, it's amazing how, how often they try to hack all my politics done right stuff. You would not imagine how often they try to hack my all my politics done right from all over the world, man. But that's okay. We'll we'll get it done. Let let's see if I can go ahead and sign into this baby and see what happens here. All right, let's go and say we'll go ahead and sign this baby in now. Okay, log into TikTok with QR code. Can you believe that? You got to do all kind of QR code stuff and everything to get it in. But I want I want to show you guys something because. There are a lot of folks, you know, Daniel Ledo talks about folks on the right not seeing things, etc. 
But I want you guys to see this because it is rather important. Uh, let's see. I got to tap on the profile. I am sorry I'm not ready, but I'm going to try to get this done. I'm going to try to get this done because... All right, then hit that, then hit the scanning button. And I'm going to hit the scanning button and see if I can log in. Oh, I got in. I think I got in. I think I got in. Yes. Okay. What I'm going to do, folks, is, a, is if it's possible, I am going to try now. Come on. I think I got you guys. Come on. Come on. Come on. QR code scan. Yes. And then what do I do now? Yes. Go ahead like that. Get out of there. Log in. Ah, oh, it doesn't work. Yes, it's scanned. All right. Code to confirm your login. It's confirmed. All right. It's confirmed. QR code confirmed. Okay. Yeah, TikTok and China. Yeah, I, I hear you. Oh, well. It looks like I'm not going to be able to do it. Let's see if it'll allow me to do it now. Uh, let's see. Hold on a second. Maybe this is what it needs. This maybe this is what it needs. I, maybe this will get it done. I thought I, I want to. I, I want. I really want you guys to see this. Six forty two two eighty four. 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 I need you all to see this. Uh, recent code. Uh, I thought six forty two. I guess I got the wrong code. Well. Um, I, I really, you know, I, I, I guess, let, let's see if this will confirm or not. Has it, okay, confirm. Okay, we'll do it. We will do it one more time. Folks, I'm sorry about this delay, but um, you guys made it necessary for me to want to show you this, this piece because a lot of people don't believe it when you say it, so maybe they'll hear it directly from their own folks. Liked, liked, liked. Here it is. This whole thing that I've been talking about and all the people who are like, oh, that sounds like a conspiracy theory. Even people on the left who were like, no, that's, that's a bit of a reach. One of these evangelicals just admitted to it. I'm Reverend Robert Shank, an ordained evangelical minister and former lead missionary for faith and action in the nation's capital. Operation Higher Court involved my recruitment of wealthy donors as stealth missionaries who befriended justices that shared our conservative social and religious sensibilities. Our missionaries did not engage liberal members of the court. Throughout this ordeal, I've had to look deeply at what my cohorts and I did at the Supreme Court. I believe we pushed the boundaries of Christian ethics and compromised the high court's promise to administer equal justice. I have said a million times that evangelicals have been working on this mission, which goes much further than just about abortion, since the 50s or before. But since 2016, they have gained a terrifying amount of ground. This man only has one part, and that has more to do with abortion. But this is exactly the kind of thing that I have been saying is going on behind the scenes constantly. But a really important detail of this is the fact that he's coming forward. Why do you think that is? Maybe he's seeing the damage that it's causing. Maybe he's seeing that incels and white supremacists and a lot of really terrible people that just needed a reason to anyone not like them are jumping on this bandwagon. 
and maybe he sees that that has a similar thread throughout history. I am now president of the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute here in Washington, named after the World War II-era German theologian and Nazi resistor who tried to protect the German evangelical church from Nazi co-optation before he was executed in 1945. I'd say even he sees it. He may have headed an organization that ultimately ended up causing really bad things to happen, but this man needs to be protected because he's coming forward with the truth. Everyone in this country needs to know exactly what this man just said. Please share this. I do not need credit. You can download the video and just use those bits. I don't care. And for those of you who all say right. it's not all Christians, now, here's one example. Now that is, I, I felt after uh, after some of the commentary in our ch in our chat that that was necessary. So corruption on the right is troubling, but a corrupt government agency is not a worry. I think I think showing you what we just showed you uh, should have been more than enough, more than enough. Okay, more than enough. Thank you, Bridge, for posting that link. Thank you so kindly. Anyway, so let me continue with these uh, messages from you guys. And I'm sorry for that long hold up trying to find it, but I think it fit the mold right now based on what folks like Eric uh, Hayes was saying to at least understand that we, we are not just pulling this stuff out of the air. This is an orchestrated thing. And for those who want to understand and find out about it, they can. For those who want to be permanently... Uh, with their with the shield over their eyes, and they want to say, "Oh, things are not that stuff." Remember, they are they are they are being used by the system. They're not bad people. They're being used by the system, but we just can't allow them to be the one carrying the story. We have to be the ones. Uh, Robert Davenport says, "Corrupt evangelicals stop the press." We all knew this fact. Nothing new here. Now, what was important here is for those is to prove that. The corruption went straight to the Supreme Court, and given that this is a body that has a supermajority to interpret the laws, it's a clear and present danger and something that has to be mitigated now. Because let's give an example. Let's say in, in Congress we pass a good law, a law that is constitutional, then some one of those yahoos decide that they want to sue that law. They can find somebody that supposedly have standing, sue on that law, and then get that law overturned in uh, uh, illegally by a Supreme Court who's has the ultimate authority on interpreting if a law is constitutional or not. If you have a corrupt uh, a corrupt uh, Supreme Court, the system breaks, and that is what we currently have: a corrupt Supreme court. Egberto desperately is in need of a gulag vacation. Okay, maybe. I don't know. Deborah Moyers is here and she says, I want to hear how it goes with Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd, is that the... Uh, uh, yeah, we need... Eric, is, is it is it molding here? No, the discussion on censorship or using social media to do bidding? Uh, don't know what you're talking about. All right, Eric, you're a smart guy, but just post the same thing. Ugh. I know, I know. I, I think there, there's a certain thing within, there's a certain lock in some people's minds that do that kind of thing. Uh, let's see what else we have here uh, that I need to read out. Tom C. says, Peru's president 
attempts coup and is impeached and arrested and in jail the next day. U.S. former president attempts violent coup and still not indicted two years later. Justice delayed is justice denied. Absolutely so, Tom C. Uh, Robin Davenport says, it's time for my ask. Da- Davenport, I'm starting to just do a one-line ask at the end because there's so much that we have to talk about. I don't want to take out three, four minutes of my time. But do get my emails. Do get my my newsletters. I, I put all the different areas that you can support us in the emails. We are far behind for the year. So at the end of the year, I'm going to be sending out an email blast saying, guys, please give us that great end of year support so that we can continue doing this stuff. But we'll do that some other, we'll do that later on. All right. We also have an email here. Bridge, I mean, uh, ABQ says he's leaving. See you next week, ABQ. I may have a, a special program on Saturday. I'm not sure yet. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Eric, given that he doesn't understand the three branches of government, says that I'm supremely wrong, but I'm supremely right, sir. Thank you very much. But what can I say? Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. ¿Quién, qué más estoy aquí? Uh, let's see what else we have. Um, looking up the new commentary, it's their blueprint, according to Bridge MCP. All right. Anyhow, uh, real quick commentary on what I did at KPFT today. We went ahead and covered crime. And there is one piece in that article that I want that I, I don't know if you guys read my newsletter. I have not all of you are on my newsletter feed. Please sign up. I uh, can put the link in there for you to sign up for more for the news. I have two newsletters, the medium newsletter and the Substack newsletter. I, it would be a good thing to sign up for both um, because sometimes, well, actually the sub, the sub one is completely different. So here it is. Uh, here is the Substack newsletter. Please go ahead and sign up for it. I, I put that one out three times a week. Each time it covers what I'm going to do at the KPFT show. And today was a solid one as well. And of course, there is media, our mediums newsletter. And those are copies of my blog with a bit of additions. So please sign up for those, both of those. Um, that, that'll help us keep doing what we do here. Uh, did I do that right? Yes, I did that right. All right. Um, I want to show my Substack, and uh, let's go to the Substack and talk about what we're what we're talking about here. Um, a lot of people just want to throw people in jail, lock the key, throw away the key, all that good stuff. And I ended that piece that says the solution is not all that complex for our crime problem. The problem is that it. It makes little money for the privateers. You see, locking criminals up is not the complete answer. After all, they are not in jail forever. It costs a lot to house them. And they leave better criminals since they leave leave jail. Uh, and they leave better criminals since, as a society, we invest little in real rehabilitation. Putting more boots on the ground is not the answer, meaning putting more cops aren't. It, as It just creates better criminals as they figure out better ways to evade. Worse, when taxpayers decide they want reductions, the enhanced criminals are ready to pounce. Uh, one must solve these problems at the core. We must lift people out of poverty. We must have support for reliable, safe child care for working parents. We must ensure family incomes are 
sufficient to allow a family unit to thrive. We can choose to invest our monies in jails, police, lawyers, and prosecutors, or we can believe in real family values and provide help to families that will ultimately allow them to thrive. A thriving family reduces crimes. The police advocate, the policy advocated that those who purport to believe in law and order will continue to fail. The policy advocated that those who purport to believe in law and order will continue to fail. Doing the same thing the same way over and over again is insanity. Unfortunately, for too many politicians and business leaders, that is a choice they are willing to make as they pad their pockets with blood money. want you guys to remember that. Forget about what you're seeing on TV. Forget about what you're seeing about crime. These are people that are all on the take because they're trying to make money off the backs of you in healthcare, in in crime, in in uh, in in uh, justice, in peace and justice. They're trying to fund themselves off of the pain of others. They're trying to. Fund on the criminal justice system. They're trying to fund themselves on health care and on and on and on. Robert Davenport says, expand the court. If you go to trial for your life, you get judged by 12. The things that control all our lives are judged by nine. It's amazing, isn't it? You just hit the nail on the head, Brother Davenport. Uh, Daniel says, how can you tell Egberto is a heathen? Complete lack of humility. Hmm. I don't think I was ever called not humble before. I don't think so. I usually defer that. I don't think so. But anyhow, it is four o'clock. LOL, let's do an experiment. Create a city without cops, without prisons, populated by wide-eyed progressives like Egberto. If he survives, he can then become and tell us all it's awesome. That is not what we're saying. Of course, that's what you'd like to tell others we're saying. Ukraine fatigue is no reason to leave Ukraine blowing in the wind this winter. Brief says, thanks for a show. Have a great weekend. Daniel, you are just someone who needs attention. Okay, folks, we're going to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. Oh, I forgot to give you the link. Please support our program. I ask you so kindly to support the program. Here is the support. Politicsonright.com slash support. Politicsonright.com slash support. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics on Right. Wait a minute. You mentioned something about humility. Have you ever asked Tuckerson, uh, 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 Tuckerson to be Tucker Carlson to be uh, get some humility? Have you ever said that to Sean Hannity? Have you ever said that to any of these others that that I may be frank and steadfast and factual in my statements? Should I cower? To you, should I bow to you so that I will be considered something other than lacking humility? I think I'm very humble myself, but what can I say? Think about it. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Oh!
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.